God is good, amen? It's a blessing to be here. I thank the church, I thank the people, I thank everybody, amen, for welcoming here, amen? It's, it's a beautiful thing. This is my very first time actually stepping outside of my church and preaching elsewhere. And some, someone, thank you. And it's, and, it's, and it's all God. It's all God. He can only do this. Someone told me, don't look for your own will. Don't look to walk your own way because it should have took Israel not that long. But because they disobeyed, it took them 40 years to get out. He said, don't look for your own will. Don't look for your own way. Let God guide you. And this is all God that does this. And I'm very blessed and thankful. I really am. A lot of people say I'm blessed and thankful, but I'm blessed. I shouldn't be here. But, but God gave me an opportunity to be here. I didn't know about Christ not too long ago, about 10 years ago, when I converted into Christ. And I, I was out in the streets, and I was out doing foolish stuff, but God has been good with me and my family. And I'm very thankful to be here on this day. Amen. And I know God is going to do wonderful things. I know God is going to bless us. I know God is going to speak to us. Amen. I, I usually uh, uh, translate English and Spanish, so if my English sometimes is a little bit off, I apologize. <laughs> I don't want to, if I say something in Spanish, it might, don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying something bad. It might just be a different language. The barrier sometimes is difficult. I grew up here in India. I came from New York, but I'm from the Dominican Republic, and they have me translating in English and Spanish over there, and sometimes the words, they intertwine, and I'm like, you know, so just <laughs> bear with me, church. But God is good, amen? If you are breathing, God is good. If you are alive, God is good. If you're going through troubles, God is good. If you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, God is good. God is good all the time, amen? So it don't matter what you're going through. It don't matter what time you're passing by, what circumstance. It matters who's with you, and that's God. And he's the one who parted the sea, amen? He's the one who made the way, and he's the one who's going to make a way for you, and your family, so that you can see the light. Amen? Let's give God a big hand of applause this evening, this morning. Today, I want to talk about restoration. We all need restoration in our lives. We all do. Somebody, at some point in their lives, has been hurt. Somebody, at some point in their lives, has had pain. And I want to talk to you about restoration, how you are going to be of a blessing to somebody who can be next to you, a family member, someone you are close to. But every person, everybody in this world needs some type of healing from God, needs God to do a miracle in their lives. And I'm going to speak on that again today about restoration. Now, in the beginning, everything was good with Adam and Eve, right? Everything was good. What happened? Sin entered. When sin came, there was separation. And ever since then, what has God always wanted to do? Bring unity. God has always wanted to restore humanity back to him. He has always wanted to do that. And God has always wanted to bring us closer to him. Ever since he sent Moses, it's been to restore. Ever since he sent Joshua, it's been to restore. Ever since David has been to restore. And that is what God wants to do. And when he sent Jesus, it was to restore humanity back to him. So for us, 
for us, for you, for our family. It's always been to restore. Restore. God wants to restore your family. God wants to restore marriages. He wants to re restore bonds, relationships. God wants to restore people. God wants to restore us. Amen, temple. Now, let's go to Mark 1, 16. Please open your Bibles, please, to the book of Mark in the New Testament. Mark 1. God is good. Amen. And we're going to speak about restorative, restorative fishing. You got to fish with love. Well, you got to be restored if you want to fish. Mark 1. Mark 1. If you have it, say amen. Oh, God is beautiful. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mark 1, verse 16 says, As he was passing along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, Simon's brother. They were casting a net into the sea, since they were fishermen. 17 says, Follow me, Jesus told them, and I will make you fish for people. I will make you become fishers of people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him right there. Jesus was passing by. Jesus told them, Stop what you're doing and come follow me. Many of you today have stopped what you're doing and are here today. You are here to follow Jesus. You are here in church to obey his word. You are here in church to obey his commandment. You are here in church because you have taken time out of your lives to be committed to God, to make a commitment to him and to say, Lord, I will follow you. What did he tell Simon and Andrew? What did he tell them? Follow me and I will make you fishermen of men. These men had to leave their families. These men had to leave their reputation. These men had to leave important things behind and follow Jesus Christ. Maybe you're going through a little bit of a tough time following Jesus. Maybe you might feel embarrassed to follow Jesus. Maybe you don't want to lose your reputation of what they're going to say about me, what they're going to think of who I am if I follow Jesus. They think I'm, I'm going to be the perfect one, and, and, and they might think that I can't sin or that I can't do this. They might uh, call me all this when I tell them I'm Christ-like or I follow Jesus. You see, following Jesus is not easy. You got to make a firm decision because you can just follow somebody. But when you really decide that you want to follow Jesus, you got to let go. You got to let go. These men had to let go of their jobs. These men had to let go of what they were doing and literally follow him. So what must you do? You must make a firm decision. How are others going to see that genuine change in your life? How are they going to see that genuine transformation in, their, in your lives? Because you follow, but you made the decision to follow Jesus all the way. These men, this is what they did. They made a transition to believe. So what did they do? They were called. They were called. Come. So when you're called, there's a purpose for your life. When you're told, come to church, come follow me, there's a purpose for your life. And what is purpose? If you're writing, this is what purpose is. Purpose is the original intention of why you were created. Woo! Purpose is the original intention of why you were created. 
so you can hear me. What were you created for? What was this created for so it can be written on? Why were you created for? Purpose is the original intention of why God created you. He called them. You were created to follow me. He called them both. You were created to serve me. You were created to honor me. You were created to bless me. You were created to be like me. So they got out of their boats and they followed the master. They followed Jesus. Be with me now. We're talking about restoration. Because some of you have gone through life maybe with pain, hurt, remorse, rejection, abandonment, and so many things going on in your life. But you've got to throw all that out, and you've got to follow Jesus. You've got to make that decision. It might hurt. It's going to be a little bit painful. It's going to take something out of you. But you've got to make that decision to follow Jesus. These men threw it. They threw out their nets. They didn't think twice. And they followed him. So they made a transition to believe that that original purpose of why they were created was to follow Jesus. That's what they did. Now, you must believe it. You must believe it in that decision that you're making. That when you're following Christ, that when you come here, when you worship, when you bless him, when you give him your all, that things are going to change. That supernatural things are going to start to happen in your favor, in your life. That you're going to receive these blessings that God has promised because he's not a man to lie. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your house. The Bible says he's not a man to lie. He's not a man to turn back on his word. You put your faith on somebody else, they'll tell you, I'll be there next week. You don't see them in a month. I'll pay you tomorrow. You don't see them forever. I got you tomorrow. Can you lend me $10? You don't never see that person again. What happened to James? I don't know. But you put your faith in Jesus. You make a firm decision to follow him. You make a firm decision to walk with him. I assure you that you will have a purpose in your life that will be a blessing and that God is going to bless you. Amen. So you got to go ahead and throw it all out there. Follow him. Your reputation, you're going to have to lose it. There's a credibility in the world out there that they see you, and they see you with different eyes. But when you're in here, some people might not like to publicly out there and say it, I'm a Christian follower. You're going to have to lose that reputation. When you follow Jesus, these men had to lose their reputation. These men had to lose their families. These men had to lose. And I don't mean by losing that they're going to die. No, I mean by losing is that they're going to look at you differently. They're going to judge you. They're going to see you different because you're a Christ follower. You follow Christ. You've made a firm decision to believe. They might call you crazy. What are you talking about? You're going to wait with patience. What are you talking about? You're going to wait. You're going to let God's will be done. What do you mean? No, move. Go do this. Go do that. This is what I mean by you're going to have to lose your reputation. Be still. And God, be still and let God fight. What do you mean be still? What do you mean stay still? What do you mean? You're not going to do nothing? No. I'm going to let God take justice. I'm going to let God work. This is what I mean by you have to, you're going to have to lose your reputation. You're crazy. You're weird. You're a little bit funny. I don't like what you're thinking about, and I don't like who this Jesus is. That's what you're going to hear. No, well this and this and this, but you're going to have to make a decision to follow Jesus, and it's not going to be easy, 
but I'm going to tell you, you're going to transition. You're going to transition from being just a, another person on the boat to stepping out and making a difference in your life and in your family. You're going to be able to bless and help somebody else and tell them that God is real and that Jesus is real. And he's not just in a book. No, he's here. He's real life. He's in your house. He's in your marriage. He's in your family, in your finances. He's moving in your favor. You're going to be able to tell somebody because if you're going to be a fisherman for people, you're going to have to be able to tell them that God is real and that God is good. Amen? Now, when I'm talking about fishing, when I'm talking about fishing, I'm not talking about you're going to go out there with a fishing pole. I'm not talking about that. Let's see what I'm talking about. Let's go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. When you're fishing, you got to know what equipment you're using to fish. You got to know what you got. You got to know what God has handed you. You got to know them weapons. Ooh, some of you have some of you have weapons at your disposition all around you. You haven't been able to pick that up. Some of you've got very powerful weapons at your disposition. And they're just, you're just walking past them. And, and there's the answer right there. There's the solution right there. God has given you so many weapons to your advantage. Some of you just walk past them and you're just walking and they're on your waist. They're all over you. But you haven't been able to use them. You can't use them. Matthew 28, 18. It says, go therefore. Go therefore. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always. I am with you always. I am with you always. I am with you always to the end of age. You got to know your equipment. So after they made the decision to throw everything out and to follow him, what did he say then? Go out and bring more. Yeah. I took you out from where I took you from misery, poverty, hate, from death. I took you out from where you were going to be dead, from where you weren't doing anything good. I took you out from all these things. What do I want you to do? Go out. And bring those who are just like you. Go out and bring those who passed through the same tribulations, the same tests, that were about to lose their house, that were about to lose their car, that their kids got sick, that their mom died that same year, that their best friend died that other year, and that their pets died that other year, and that their house burned down. Go get those who went through those same tests, those same tribulations, that were out gangbanging, that were out in the world, that were out with drugs. Go get those. You followed me. You made the decision to step out of your comfort zone. These men, they left. These men left their cities. They went out with Jesus walking everywhere. They must have complained so much. We, I didn't think we were going to do this so much walking. I didn't think we were going to do all this. But there's a sacrifice when you follow the master. There's a sacrifice. You see, if there is no oppression, there's no blessing. I like to say this because if you're not facing times of trouble, if you're not facing an oppression in your life, if the enemy is not trying to kill that purpose that you have, 
If the enemy's not sending all these demons and all these attacks and all these things to happen in your life and you're not feeling any oppression in your life and you're not feeling any worries or any doubts, then you have nothing to worry about. But if you're being attacked, if your household is being attacked, if your family is being attacked, there is a reason and a purpose why the enemy is sending out so many of these attacks against your life because you have a very valuable purpose. Well, I've only been to church this many times and I'm good one month and the next month I'm getting out. There's a purpose for your life. You see, I'm here singing at the choir, but I feel this temptation that wants to come over me. There's a purpose for your life. I start to walk and I'm good for a year. Then all of a sudden, I just feel like slipping. What is the enemy doing? What is the enemy doing to distract you away from that purpose, from that reason why God created you? If you're not facing any attacks, any oppressions, if you're not going through a hard time, if you're not walking on a rough road, if you're not doing anything of this, then the enemy, then the enemy, he says, I ain't got to touch them. They're not in the way of the kingdom. They're not walking kingdom-like. They're walking worldly-like. But when you start walking kingdom-like, worldly-like wants to come on over, over you. And it wants to start to, to manifest in a nasty way, in a bad way. When you're, working king, when you're walking kingdom-like, what wants to start happening? Worldly things wants to start moving against you. All these things that you used to do, all these things that used to happen back then, they want to start coming all over you. These people still calling you, they still looking for me. That's because you walk in kingdom-like. That's because they're trying to drag you out. That's because you got a purpose. you got a reason to live. And there's more people out there. For all these young people here, there's more people out there. They need of Jesus. They just don't know how to say it. They need of Christ. They need of your support. They need of you. They just don't know how to say it. So you keep walking kingdom-like. The attacks are going to come. Pain. All these things are going to come. But the Bible says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now all these weapons are being formed, but they're not going to prosper. And you can feel the attacks. You can feel all this going on. But no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It says that the weapon is going to be formed. You're going, to feel the, 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 you're going to feel the missile hit coming your way. You're going to feel that they're pointing it your way. You're going to feel a little bit frightened. You're going to be feeling a little bit shaken. But it ain't going to prosper against you. It's not going to prosper in your life. It's not going to prosper over your family. It's not going to prosper. So it's not easy when you're walking with Jesus, when you're making this decision to follow. These men, this is what they did. Now he said, go. Go out there. Get more of the same people. Get more. Go out there and get more. Make disciples. This is what he said. Make disciples. Now, what weapons, what equipment? As a fisherman, what does a fisherman go out there and fish with? Does he go out and fish with a basketball? Can he fish with a football? Can he fish, I don't know, with, with, a, with, with just a, can he fish with these flowers here? Can a fisherman go out there and, 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 and I don't know, fish, fish with a cell phone? Fish come near me. Send. No. You never know. Somebody might try it. These day and age, it might happen. Hey, an app for, for the fishes. But I'm just saying, a fisherman, his equipment, he's got his fishing pole. He's got his bait. And it depends what type of fish he wants to catch, what type of bait he's going to use. His bait. Because you just can't catch anybody. You just can't catch any fish with one specific type of bait. 
You can't catch just any fish with a specific type of pole. And, and, and your string, no, no, this string is too thin. You gonna catch a shark with a worm? What? No. You gotta be specific. You got weapons at your disposition. You just can't catch anything or, or something with just about a, a worm or, or a normal fishing pole, no. But the fisherman has his equipment. What equipment do you have to catch these fishes? What equipment do you have? What type of bait are you using? What type of special bait are you using to catch these fish? Because you're following Jesus. You made the decision. Now he's telling you, go out there. Restore. You've been restored. Jesus has healed you. He's delivered you. He has saved you. I want you to do the same. This is what he did. He said, go out there and make disciples. So what equipments do you have at hand? Well, one of the weapons is you have prayer. This is a weapon, an equipment, prayer. It is the most powerful weapon that a person, a Christian person can have in their, in, in, in their equipment. Prayer, the weapon of prayer. The weapon of prayer is a very powerful weapon. What is another weapon? Worship. Worship. When you come, you must worship. It doesn't matter if you got about five bullet holes inside your body, but you need to drag yourself in here and you must praise the Lord. It does not matter what type of time or moment you're going through, how hard the world is beating on you. When you start to worship and when you start to praise, healing and ministering starts to come over your life. You call upon that power. You call upon Jehovah Rapha, that healing power. You call upon his name, the healer, and that healing power starts to manifest. You want to see more, more things done creatively? Praise and worship. You want to see the power of God move? Praise and worship him. You want to see the glory of God move? Praise and worship him. He says he dwells. He dwells in the worship and in the praise. He dwells. What is that? He habits in here. When you praise and you worship, he, he inhabits in here. He dwells in the middle. It's just a cloud that dwells, that Holy Spirit that dwells. You got prayer. You got worshiping. You, you're making a dynamic bomb in here. You making, you, you, something's going to go off. You provoking God. You provoking God. You provoking him. So you got prayer, you got worship, you got fellowship. You want to see fish? You want to see a multitude? You want to catch a multitude of fish? Start praying. Start worshiping. Start fellowshipping. You want to attract them in? These are the type of baits you got to use. This is what you have to use. Start fasting. Oh, it's very difficult to fast. Boo. It's hard to fast. It's extremely difficult to fast. But God moves when you fast, when you make a sacrifice. Start fasting. I'm not going I'm not going to touch that very much. <laughs> what, what 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 type of things are you doing to attract the fish? What type of things are you doing to attract the fish? Maybe you're putting on a little Bible study. Maybe you're putting on a little activity outside. You see, because not everybody's just going to walk through these doors if you tell them, you know what? 
we got service at this time. Come on in. Now, I'm good. I'm okay. But you got to do a little something creative to open their eyes and attract them. I smell the barbecue. I can smell the chicken. I, I smell something good over there. What's going to start to happen? These are weapons at your disposition, church. This, these are things that you are using. This is the creativeness of God that you are using. You say you got a basketball tournament? Where? Uh, yeah, hosted by the sanctuary temple. Okay. So what are you doing? There we go. We got a basketball tournament. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. That's your equipment right there. That's your equipment. We got baseball tournament. That's what I mean. Some aren't just going to walk through that door if you invite them. I've seen it. I lived it. I've been out evangelizing. I've seen it. You give them some. Hey, God bless you. Here you go. I'm, we're going to invite you to our service. We have a morning service. We have an evening service. They'll just look at it. Most of them, this is what they do. I, they wait till I leave. Next thing you know, it's just on the floor. Or they won't take it. No, I don't want it. Well, we're raffling away uh, a 42-inch TV. Oh, Lord. That is of God. I'll take it. You get what I'm saying? What wrong are you doing with that? No, you're not. You're luring them in. These are weapons at your disposition. Yeah, we got trips. We got activities. We, we, we got a food festival. Food festival? Let's all throw it in, food festival. You catching people. And what are you doing? Luring them in. You're bringing them in. Where was Jesus? Do, whoa, wait a minute. This just came to me. Did Jesus just stay at one place at a time? Or did he have to move around to attract everybody else? So he had to walk and move, right? So this means there were different types of people that needed to be healed. It wasn't just the blind. He had to go over here to find this man being filled with the, a demon of legions. And then he had to go over here. And then Lazarus had to be risen. And then he had to be moved over here. Oh, this man needs uh, his, his eyes. They aren't good. His earring. So what did he have to do? Had to move. He went different places, fishing for people, healing, restoring church. This is what you must do. You must move. You must be creative. Let God take control. Let God do great things by the creativity of the Holy Spirit. When you go out there, let God do his will. This is how you're going to catch them. Sometimes they'll walk through that door. Because they so badly need of God. You invite somebody, they'll so badly need of God that they'll walk through those doors. But a lot of times, and I've seen it, and I know many people have seen it, you've been inviting and inviting and inviting and telling somebody to come, and, and you got to come to church. You need God. You need of Jesus. You need of the Lord. They're stubborn. I don't need that. He's, I'm, I'm all right. I'm going to go someday. I'm going to go soon. You got to put on a different bait now. You've been inviting them for so long, for about... Three years, they're not biting it. They don't, they, they're tired of that one. 
Well, you know what? We, we, got, we got the women's ministry going on here, and they're about to do this right now, and they're about to go out there. Now you put on a different bait. Now, now they, something that they like, you, you went ahead and gave them something that they liked in comparison. You get what I'm saying? You gave them something that was attracted to them. Everybody needs restoring. Every person needs to be restored and healed in some area. Let's fish with wisdom. You have these weapons at your disposition. Amen? So what must you do then? Enter prepared. Enter prepared. What do you mean enter prepared? Speak to somebody prepared. Evangelize prepared. Share the gospel prepared. Be prepared. You can't be prepared if you haven't made a decision to follow Christ. Because they're going to look at you and say, what? I saw you last night at the club too. And you out here evangelizing to me and telling me, I need God. You need God. I should pray for you. That's what I mean by you enter prepared. You get what I'm saying? So if you're trying to tell the brother or the sister, your mom and your dad, you need Jesus. You, you cussing too much. You was just out there rhyming the whole cuss words. This is what I mean by enter prepared. Make a firm decision. I'll go back to step one. Make a firm decision to follow Jesus. It's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. You're going to have to let go of your old ways. But you're going to have to enter prepared with these, with these weapons that you have at your disposition so that people can know that your change is genuine. Your change is for real. You're not fake. This is what you got to enter prepared. So you can't go telling them, well, I invite you here or, or this and that, and you're trying to throw at them this, and then they're going to be like, well, I saw you. You did this. You did that. What testimony? Your testimony. How is it? This is why sometimes people are, are kind of afraid, scared, or they have doubts because of our testimony, us being prepared. But what did I say? We must make a decision to follow Jesus firmly. You enter prepared fishing, somebody's going to bite. You enter prepared fishing, somebody's going to bite. Amen? So what does this mean? You got to put on the full armor of God. You got to be clothed in Christ. This is what I mean. You got to put him on. What do I mean by this? The shield of faith, Ephesians 6.16. Let's go to it real quick. You enter prepared. You enter with the full armor of God. You're clothed in Christ. Ephesians 6.16. Glory to Jesus. Somebody say amen. Somebody say God is good. Somebody say God is good. Yes. Somebody say hallelujah. Yes. God is good. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 6.16 says, says, in every situation, take the shield of faith and with which you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. You believe. That's a weapon. You believe they're going to come. You believe that person's going to be saved. You believe your family's going to be saved. You believe your marriage is going to be saved. You believe your brother's going to come. You believe your brother's going to get out of that drug addiction. You believe that your family has got to get out of that generational curse that's been haunting them for so many years. That's the shield of faith. You believe and you can extinguish these arrows of doubt that come against you, against your family, your finances, and your economy. 
You take up that shield of faith. It says in every situation, you lift that shield up, it can't detain you. You keep walking forward. You keep moving forward. What else do you have? You got the sword of the spirit. Where? What sword is this? You got weapons, church. Use them wisely. Move forward and attack. Attack, 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 attack. Move forward and attack. Move everything that move everything that gets in your way. Move it. You got that shield? Now you got the sword. And this ain't a tiny sword. I'm talking about you got this sword. You dethroning. You cutting down. You breaking. You, you get what I'm saying? You got a big sword. It's not a lightsaber. You got a huge sword. You picking this up. You got this sword. And it's the word of God. The sword is the word of God. So when you profess this word, when you speak out the word, it moves because it's life, because it's God. So when you use the sword, when you got the shield of faith, and when you're attacking and you got the sword, something's going to happen. Something is going to happen. Now, you're fishing, right? You made a decision. You luring them in. You got the shield of faith. They're already in here. You're going to be changed. God is going to transform your life. God is going to change you. You ain't going back to the world. You ain't going back to your old ways. You got that faith that you believe that person's going to be changed. You lured them in already. They're already here. Give them words of life, of encouragement. Prophesy over their life. You already got them here. Now use the word. Now use the word to bless their lives. Where's the sword of the spirit? Right there in 17 it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. Take that sword. That's God's word. Can't nothing dethrone God's word. Can't nothing compare. Can dethrone nothing. Nothing. Use God's word. Now you're fishing. But I don't want to just fish with this rod. You want a net. How they were doing it back then. What's the net? What is the net? The net is the gospel. The net is love. Oh, it's so hard to love somebody when they just, whew. That's the hardest one because you want to catch about a thousand. That's the net. That's the net. You know, yeah, my brother's coming. My, but I, I want them all to come in. I want them all to be restored. I want my whole family. You got to love them. Oh, but it's going to hurt because they hate me, and they told me these nasty things, and oh, I just want to punch them. That's the net. The gospel, that net, throw it. You got to bring him in with love. Oh, and it's hard to love somebody that doesn't love you. It's so difficult to love a person that does not want to be loved, that has hurt you, that has manipulated you, that has backstabbed you, that has done so much wrong to you. But in the end of the day, you've been here. And if you don't love, it's invalid. You've been doing this your whole life, and if you don't love, you just wasted time. 
the truth. It's the gospel. The gospel of Je Who did Jesus reject? Who did Jesus attract? Everybody. Cripple. I can't see. You won't have people that are going to be attracted to Jesus who are the most evil, hateful, rude, disrespectful type of people. This is the people that Jesus attracted. So church, if you're calling for growth, if you want your family, and you're calling for somebody to come, you're going to get the nastiest, disrespectful, most ill-mannered person walking through those doors, and you got to love them. You got to love them. Oh, because Jesus attracted the proper. Jesus attracted the ones with the tie. Jesus attracted the Pharisees and the scribes. No. Jesus attracted the woman that that, 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 that blood flow wouldn't stop. Jesus attracted these people that were crushed, broken down. They didn't have hope. You're going to have to love the people that are coming through those doors who are crushed, broken down, don't have any hope, don't have any direction in life. They think that the world is the solution, and they think that money, drugs, and everything else is going to solve their problems. But on top of that, you think, you mean I got to love them? Yes. Yes. Matthew 15, 30. Let's go to it. You mean I got to love her? She wanted to fight me yesterday. I was going to fight her too. You mean I got to love? Yeah. You trying to bring your family in? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You must love. Some hearts are going to be healed today, Jesus. Whew. You know, Jesus is going to reach in some people's hearts and take out pins and, and holes and then restore people's hearts because we need to love. We need to love. Just let the hand of God stretch and, and just take out and rip away all this hate from your heart. You have to love. Matthew 15, 30. This is what, this is what he says. Matthew 15, 30, it says. It says, and large crowds came to him, having with them the lame. Look, th these are the people Jesus is going to attract. <laughs> these large crowds. Church, these are people coming through your door right here. You're going to have the lame, the blind, the deformed. He speaks so rude. He speaks so evil. That's deformed. Those unable to speak. Those who can't speak at all. They ignore you. God bless you. Welcome to church. You want some food? How are you doing today? Good morning. Look at you up and down. Those are the ones that can't speak. Those are the mute. They need healing. He says, and many other. But what did they do? Look, they put him at his feet and he healed them. You are going to attract the most weirdest. We are going to attract the most weirdest, difficult, 
hardest, hard-headed people. That's how I was. You ain't going to talk to me about that religious stuff. That's all religious. Jesus, yeah, I know he's around here. Yeah, he's everywhere. That's me. Hard to speak, stubborn. Yeah, that, that was me. You ain't going to this and that. But what did they say? They put him at his feet, and he healed them. You're calling for your family? They the most rude, unable to speak, difficult ones you're going to have to deal with because Jesus attracts some church. And if you call him for growth, you call him for restoration, you call him for revival, you call him that you want salvation and you want the power of God to come through those doors and touch everybody well, you're going to get the people that are addicted to drugs, the people that are gangbanging, the people that are out there in the world lost. You're going to get the people that are rude and disrespectful coming through here. So if you're asking for that, that's who you're going to get. And you got to love them. You got to love them. That's the net. That's the gospel. Love. And if we don't have that, this is, has been invalid our whole lives. 1 Peter 4.8. You have to love them. I'm going to keep saying it because some people are saying, I'm not loving them. I can, I can hear it. She did me so wrong. She did me so much harm. But you see, that person wants, wants healing too. That person wants to be healed too. And you, if you're here in your seat, and if you're here sitting down and saying, I'm not going to forgive them, you're just hurting yourself. You're just causing so much pain to yourself and to your life. I'm not going to forgive him. He kicked me out. She kicked me out. He backstabbed me. He hurt me. They did me wrong. You're just hurting yourself. That person's way out there. They're not even thinking about you. And you're here. You got anxiety. You got depression. You got, you got cancer. And this person's out there on the beach. That person's out there having a the joy of their life. And you out here, oh, what are you doing? What's going on? First of Peter 4, 8. Above all, keep your love for one another at full strength since love covers a multitude of sins. This is what love does. It covers a multitude of sins. But they talk bad about me. They talk bad about the pastors. They talk bad about everybody at church. Love them. It's going to cover sins. This is, what, this is what the Bible says. This is what God says. This is what the book of life says. It's going to cover a multitude of sins. But you don't know what harm they did to me. You don't know what evil they've done to me. Stop being that bitter. That bitter heart. That bitter heart. What has it done to you? You know what it's done to you? You got these flashbacks. You got this memory. You got, you got all this pain inside of you, inside your heart. That you can't love others. God wants to utilize you to bring others, but because your heart is so bitter, because your heart is so dark and black, and this is, this is the great commission. Go out there and get others. But because you've been hurt so many times by the same man, by the same woman, and you said God is not good because he hurts me over and over again. It's not God. What have you been doing? What decisions have you been making? And because your heart is so bitter, it's so dark. You got all these holes in your heart. You can't give love. So how are they going to come? How is your family going to come? How are those around you going to come? If you can't give them what the gospel is. If you can't give them love. So what does Jesus need to do? He needs to heal you. He needs to restore your heart. 
those of you who are suffering from depression, from, from anxiety, from anger, those of you who are suffering from, you put up your guard right away when somebody wants to love you. Get away from me. Don't touch me. That's your first sign of defense. Get away from me. Don't touch me. Don't tell me nothing about God. Don't tell me nothing about church. I'm never going to forgive him. I'm never going to forgive her. And you live with that bitterness for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. How is your heart doing? How has your health been? You see, a lot of people, they suffer from health conditions because they can't let go of things from the past. And they relive the past every day. They relive it every day. And it's a pain in their heart. It's a burden to them. But what has he come to do? He has came to free those who have been oppressed. Free those who are burdened. Those who are weak and tired, they shall come to me and I shall make them rest. This is what he says. But you're not resting. You want to go out there and get others? Yet you need fixing. Yet my heart, all of our hearts, we need to be restored. Let all these heavy burdens, all these, oh, she hurt me, he hurt me. And you know what? A lot of you have devised plans in your mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and do that. That's not good. No. Revenge is not going to solve it. Love covers a multitude of sins, says the Bible. Revenge is not your answer. Payback is not your answer. You're just going to get more hurt. But love, but they hurt me. They betrayed me. I gave them my word. I let them borrow this. I gave them money. They're my family. But the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. It's not fair. I know. Because you see, whew, you want to activate the supernatural? Whew. What is the normal thing to do? You stab me, I stab you. You scream at me, I scream at you. But when if he screams at me, she screams at me, and I stay quiet, I activate the supernatural. But if you scream, scream, scream. That's terrible. Oh, my goodness. Is that how y'all scream when y'all get mad? Somebody said, ah. Oh, my goodness. No, no, no. I'm talking about when they push your buttons because we're humans, you know. We got humans, too. We are humans, too. We're made of flesh and bone, you know. We're not walking on air gliding. No, we're not there yet. So when they push your buttons, when... You got the husband here, hey, and you got the wife here, hey, hey, shut up, be quiet. Can you leave me alone? I want to hear y'all scream. Can somebody scream? That's a horror movie scream, but thank you. And if, if, if okay, you scream, go ahead. Scream. Normal, scream. Ah! Normal, scream. I didn't say nothing. I let, a, I let a law move in my favor. You let the law of love move in your favor. When you don't react back to how that person, the enemy, what does he want to do every time? He wants to see your reaction. She jumped, I'm going to jump. She's going to throw a fist. 
going to throw a fist. She going to kick me? I'm going to kick her. That's the law of the enemy right there. You're being moved by your, by your flesh, by your natural instincts, by the fleshly ways, by rebellion. But when you activate the law of love, oh, she want to take a swing? Help me, Jesus. Whew. And she's trying to swing again. You move back. You know what? Let me just walk away. You activated something. Why didn't they swing back? Ain't this how it's a fight supposed to be? I swing, you swing? Ain't this how it's supposed to happen? But what did you do? You left that person dumbfounded. Y'all see all this? What did you do? You left that person wondering, what is wrong with this person? They crazy. Yeah, you crazy. Exactly. You crazy from walking away with a fight. You crazy from walking away with, with that argument. You crazy from walking away with all this stuff around you. But you activated a law of love. That law of love is supernatural. But the enemy wants to see what? A normal reaction. He goes, he's going to charge at me. I'm going to charge at him back. Charge at me. I'm just playing. Don't do it. You get what I'm saying? So what, what, what outcome does the enemy want you to, to do to manifest? The same outcome as that other person is doing. He wants you guys to be bittering and beckering back and forth. You know what? I haven't talked to her for five years. He going to call me. I'm going to start telling her what it is right now. The phone rings. Hey, yeah, you know what? I hate you too. And it's been going on for about 20 years in that family. And God wants to break generational curses of hate. That's a generational curse. That's hate. That's not love. That's hate. He wants to restore the mother with the daughter, the father with the son. This is what God wants to do, restore. So you in here, you have a problem with somebody, God wants to restore that. Not you, because you can't, haven't been able to do it for, for the last five years, four years. I'm going to apologize to them. You apologize to them, next thing you know, they out here screaming and hollering at you. Well, you screaming and hollering back at them again. You haven't let God take control and take control of the wheel. And God wants to restore brother with sister, sister with brother, vice versa. He wants to restore families. For what? So that they can all come into the kingdom. So you can all be kingdom builders. That's what this is for, right? The souls, your family, our families, people out there in the street. They need to see that we are genuine. We're for real. We're legit. We're 100. That we're not 50-50. For what? For the kingdom of God, for the souls. So you got to love. Above all else, prophecies will cease. The world is going to end. But love remains. Love. Jesus, that's who love is, Jesus. Luke 6, 32, 33. Heavy burdens are going to fall today. Lord, you are wonderful. You are amazing. We bless your holy name. We worship you. You are the almighty God. Oh, we glorify your holy name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let love flow, Father. Open your heavens, Lord, and let love flow, Father God. Oh, yes. Yes, let healing flow, Jesus. Let healing flow. Let deliverance flow, Father God. Let healing flow, Father God. Administer. Luke 6. Oh, thank you, Lord. You are beautiful. We worship you. Yes. Luke 6. 
32, 33. This is where you activate the supernatural. The supernatural love of God. Luke 6, 32 and 33. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. Let's jump to 35. But love your enemies. Do what is good and lend expecting nothing in return. Then your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the most high. For he is gracious to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful just as your father also is merciful. It's easy to love those who love you. But then it's easy to harm somebody who loves you. It's easy to hate those who hate you, but it's real difficult to love somebody who hates you. He says, what credit is that? He says, what, what good is that for? That's what he's saying. What good does that do? You're hanging around with the same crowd. You're, they love you, yeah. But speak to that person. Speak to this man. Speak to this woman. They're so cold. I feel it in their spirit. Oh, I want to fight them in the spirit once I, once I get close to them. I just want to start speaking in tongues. I want to start lashing out all these things against them. I cover myself with the blood of Jesus when I speak to her. Those are the people you got to love. Those are the people. This is the gospel. You want your family to come back? You want, you want to attract this big fish? You want to go out there and get the multitudes, young people? Love them. Love them. Make a firm decision to follow Jesus. Make a good, firm decision to be in the path of Christ. Put on Jesus every day. Put him on at work, in the morning, at night. Put him on, clothed with him. Put him on every time so people can see. People can see you, that you're firm, that you're a real believer. And let God flow. Fish. Fish with love. Real men with love. Bring them. They're already here. Love them. Take care of them. Give them words of love. Amen? God is good. Amen? Yes. Let's give God a big hand of applause. Oh, God is good. I would like, I would like for the Holy Spirit to minister because I know he wants to minister. I would like for the Holy Spirit to minister because I know he wants to minister. There are people that have been hurt, people that have, are bounded. But he came to loosen. He came to loosen those who were bounded. For he has anointed me, says the Bible. To heal the brokenhearted. To comfort all those who are mourning. For he has anointed me. He has sent me, the Bible says. And I know there are people here that are brokenhearted. And he wants to heal your heart today. If you receive the word, if in some way or another the Lord spoke over your life, I want you to come up front because the Lord wants to restore your heart. The Lord wants to restore your family. The Lord wants to restore you. You know it. He wants to do it. That's all he's been wanting to do since the beginning. Since every, since the beginning of the world. Since sin entered and sin brought out rebellion and hate. Sin brought out all these evil things. But don't walk like sin. No. Walk in faith. Walk in obedience. Walk in the light. If today God has spoken to you, God has told you, I will restore your heart. Believe it and have faith that God will restore your heart. Oh, Father God, we thank you. Yes, we just bless your holy name. Oh, yes, Jesus, you are amazing. Holy Spirit, yes, we know, Father God, that you are going to heal. 
Oh, you know what I want you to do? I want you to put your hand on your heart. Oh, yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, put your hand on your heart. Oh, there is healing. Oh, there is healing in the atmosphere. Oh, there is healing in the atmosphere. Oh, there is.